Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Is somebody in a good mood? I have no idea what I'm saying. Fuck. Right, we can do it again. Uh, fuck! <laughs> hello, everybody. <laughs> uh, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. We're all in a very good mood here, aren't we? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. Are you in a good mood, Phil? I am in a good mood, Jack. Thank you. Uh, if you, you, you know, regular <laughs> listeners should know Phil by now. You've been, you've been, you've been on a few times, haven't you, mate? A couple of times, yeah, a couple of times. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah. More often than not, when I'm sort of stealing witty one-liners and anecdotes and things that I drop in on this, saying my mate who I was watching it with is usually Phil is the one that I've nicked those lines off of. Um, so you know. I obviously don't credit you, mate, because, you know, what, what would be nah, nah. Why would I do that, you know? It's all about me, mate. It's all about yeah. me. <laughs> uh, I'll feed you the lines. <laughs> and, the, and, the, uh, and the buffalo chicken wings. This is our, our go-to for watching football games. But this is becoming like a, a, a one-to-one chat. This isn't what the people want to hear, is it? So uh, let's, just, fucking, let's just jump straight in, mate. Antonio Conte, how are you feeling? Uh, I am feeling, well, mightily excited. Um, it's, you know, w- with these things, you know, when you kind of, you, you see the uh, rumours on Twitter and then it develops and then, you know, certainly with this one, we got the uh, tweeted picture announcement and then they deleted it. So it kind of has like a little period of where it's a phased realisation of it happening and you get caught up with all, all, all that then I think it was probably an hour after they like officially announced it, they actually started to set in what the, the, the gravity of it. And well, I'm just made up, mate. I'm just made up. Um, can't quite believe it still yet, but yeah, this is this is actually big time, isn't it? I mean, we obviously took the I'm not gonna revise this year, I was pretty not excited, but I thought getting in Mourinho I understood it at the time and I appreciated everything he'd done in the past, but it still always carried with it an air of uncertainty, didn't it? Whereas this suddenly feels like, like you say, it's it's big time, isn't it? Like this is, it's, yeah. it's Antonio Conte, you know? Yeah, yeah, you, you're right. And the, the comparison with Mourinho's appointment, um, I think there was a an if, you know, uh, added on to that. Oh, we've got um, Mourinho, and it could be a it could be a masterstroke if X Y Z falls into place. 
Um, you know, that, that's the case with everyone, but that, that it's a very small if with Conte. It just feels like we've made a really sensible and good decision for the good of our football club and not a, you know, a corporate investment company. And that that's quite a, you know, I think a lot of people, probably me included, you know, you and I have complained about what's been going on the last few months and or you know years or whatever Me? complain <laughs> sorry i don't want to speak for you mate <laughs> um but uh yeah and um but it, it's quite hard to sort of find any fault in where we are right now um you know that doesn't excuse a lot of the stuff that goes on to him we'll no doubt get onto that after uh, shortly but yeah it's um it's quite exciting and you know the fact that almost immediately we've got like we've been linked with players and you know good players and and, and Paratici's starting to do some deals and get things in place it's um yeah it's been yeah, quite of a quite a roller coaster of a few days isn't it yeah it's 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 really quite bizarre i mean i'm i'm not going to kind of delete history um I was highly skeptical of Conte in summer. And I mean, the the full context of this is this is kind of a time when Nagelsmann was still potentially in the offing and there was the talk of Pochettino maybe coming back and there was even somebody like Graham Potter that was more on the top. I mean, that's less excusable to be fair. But Conte to me always, uh, you know, I wasn't sure where Spurs were at, if we were going to be spending money. We hadn't really seen... Peretici and what he'd be doing or if he'd have budget and because you know there was a lot of talk in the summer that before we bought anyone we were going to have to sell people um, yeah and so to me the idea of bringing Antonio Conte at that point just seemed somewhat ridiculous but now that we've kind of seen that the club are obviously reassured from the return of fans to stadiums having the boxing there, starting to get a few gigs, having the NFL, they're seeing the money come in and fingers crossed, say it softly, softly, it looks like we're going to be back in Conte as well because you can't, again, I think this is what it represents, isn't it? Because it's not just bringing in Conte, it's not just bringing in a man who we know is, you know, tactically astute um, and obviously is very hard in training on the players um, and we don't want to overstate this kind of idea of him just being this you know dictator figure but he's a he, you know he's a very smart guy and I think he, a lot of that's probably bravado isn't it um, but what it also carries with it you can imagine is a commitment from the club to continued spending because we we see kind of the lines now about what Conte uh, why the deal didn't happen in summer but you can mm. imagine a big a big part of that was a question mark over transfer funds. Um, yeah, yeah. But if we, if we go back to the summer, because well, let's, I mean, before we sort of really dive into Conte and everything that we're hoping for, let's just kind of turn it back a bit. Um, and first of all, I guess say goodbye <laughs> in a Grandpa <laughs> Simpson coming into the, into the burlesque house kind of way. <laughs> To Nuno Espirito uh, yeah. Santo. <laughs> Nuno didn't even get his hat on the coat rack, right? <laughs> He's straight out. Exactly. I mean, it just, I mean, we, it was quite hard saying this to 
anybody from the outside, wasn't it? Because one of the things I was getting from like a lot of mates was like, you lot have just been spoiled by Pochettino. You're entitled. Mm. This is where you're at now. And it's kind of like, look, yes, a lot of those things are probably true. However, at the same time, if you watch us like, you know, a Spurs fan watches them week in, week out, and you know the limitations of our players, and you also know what some of them are capable of at the same time, you know that what is happening here just something isn't right. I mean, when did you start to feel probably that, yeah, this ain't happening with Nuno? Um, well, obviously the three, sort of three nils, um, were they back to back or they certainly in quick succession, weren't they? That was a sign of things um, not being right with the team and sort of like, you know, dressing room unrest, I think. But, um, you know, after the West Ham game, certainly, um, I, I remember speaking to like some not not like close mates, but just sort of like people I know. You, you don't really like have big conversations with football about. And I just said, "Oh, you know," I made the point of, "Oh yeah, her, it's 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 the it's the game against United is about who's going to get sacked, Ole or Nuno." And these lot were like, "Why would you sack Nuno? You're doing all right, aren't you?" And that, you know that kind of like detachment from it, as you say, not being a Spurs fan and not seeing it. Um, but I was pretty adamant that, you know, after seeing what we'd seen those last few weeks leading up to that, you know, and, and especially the pre-Vitesse away leg where it was, okay, he's resting the, the first 11 so that he'll have a fit squad to play or a fit 11 to play against West Ham. And I was like, well, if this doesn't work out as much as, you know, football is football and, and whatever, this feels like a bit of a... Um, litmus test for him in terms of if he's up to scratch and you know it was just it was just pathetic really so I kind of sort of came to the conclusion around about then that he 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 was probably quite cooked um and at the United game obviously look, looking looking to that as the big sort of two managers in 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 hot water um but I, I you know you and I watched that game together and I said before I came came around that it was um I just, I I was not confident about it at all. Objectively, I was just like, I just think we're going to get, I think I said hammered or something like that. And it wasn't quite that bad. But to, to be honest, you know, it, it was, it was again, just a, a, a nothing performance. And yeah, so that was, it, it, it wasn't a surprise to me at all in, in some ways that he was gone. Um, how about you? I mean, well, it, I, I suppose going into the game, I was kind of thinking, nah, it's not a chance he's on the... Because, you know, he's getting kind of billed as El Sakiko, and I was like, yeah, it's not yeah. a chance he's going to go yet. There's not a chance. I mean, we're clearly waiting for Pochettino or whatever. I mean, who are we going to bring in at this point in the season anyway? We we get rid of him, maybe bring in Ryan Mason. I don't know. But mm. the way I kind of looked at it was that the the numbers people, the people that make the decisions at the club, are going to be looking at um, how we've done in the league just on a results basis. And yeah, okay, we've had some pretty sort of poor results in the mix, but we've also had some good ones. And crucially, we'd still just lie outside of the top four. So it would seem kind of drastic to 
to get rid of him at that point. But I mean, even just this sense, this this, this idea that we're apparently gonna, you know, kind of stick that we should have sort of stuck with him. Um, we should have given him more time. I just, I just didn't ever get the feeling really that he had accepted almost like the gravitas of of the role and I know that sounds quite pompous and it sounds quite silly but you know for for people that would say oh you've never won the Premier League but I think we Mm. all know in good faith that football doesn't work in that way anymore you know Tottenham are (laughs) whether people want to accept it or not we are one of the biggest clubs in the world now you know it's huge the Premier League is massive all eyes are on you and everything that you do Um, and I just don't think you can really have a manager that seems to be so disdainful of things like media commitments and doing the sort of silly social media videos and that sort of, you know, these are just little bits that you hear, things that come through, but you're like, you know, you're picking the wrong battles there, mate. Like if this is the sort of thing you're getting annoyed about, because this is just life at this level. And a lot of the stuff we've read right out the back of this, out the back of his tenure, it sounds almost farcical, doesn't it? You know, you, mm-hmm. you've seen all the, 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 the things about him making kind of strikers playing defence and vice versa and you can kind of understand yeah. it in a way I suppose and you, you heard wasn't it what was Hugo Lloris apparently said give it basically give him a chance but it just didn't seem like it was happening did it no no absolutely and I think you're right it, that there, there was something about his demeanour that I didn't really warm to and you know you, you don't have to be a sort of happy clappy cheerleader in front of the media or anything like that um you know if you're getting results and you're making the team perform well but there's just it just didn't seem quite right and I, I don't know in, in hindsight now looking at it when you know we don't actually know why you know specifically why we didn't get Conte in, in, in the summer you know it seems like it was a bit of a, a farce in terms of who their targets were etc um but he, 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 I mean, what he was signed on a two-year contract, which isn't exactly you know caretaker, caretaker manager sort of timescales. Two two years, two three years is about right. Um, he just didn't really seem up for it, you know. As much as it's, that's maybe putting too fine a point on it, it seemed like it was just a bit too much for him, and he just couldn't really be bothered with it, to be honest. And that's a strange thing to say because. You know, it is a big job. That's the thing. It is surely that's the kind of the the golden goose in some ways. You know, even if you're going to get sacked, you're still going to get sacked with a bit of money in your back pocket. All right, you know, I know the terms of his deal wasn't quite that, but it's still a high profile job. And um, you know, taking the team from the Mourinho, the wreckage of the Mourinho era, sh- surely it was an attractive prospect but I I never got the sense that was the case with him you said it there about like the way he would kind of speak to the media and it was just a bit again as much as we all kind of see the media as the enemy and whatever um, it just didn't he just wasn't really playing the game it just didn't really seem that comfortable in his skin or just 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 an odd just an odd sort of presence around the place okay you know you can say the Harry Kane situation was not ideal, obviously, but they're going to ask you about it. You know, I mean, it's you, you got that's, that that's vibe. Part of the game is, didn't you? When you yeah. saw those games, and you saw like the Arsenal game, for example, and even like the Palace game, 
he just looked he just looked beaten, didn't he, on the touchline? And that, that's what was sort of disappointing about it is yeah. you didn't see any of that kind of clop light that you saw from him at Wolves, you know, punching his. I guess we saw it in the Man City game that kind of the the now <laughs> iconic photo of him doing the sort of air guitaring <laughs> thing, but like <laughs> he, he just there was never a sense there that. He he really even liked being there, you know. Yeah, which is odd, odd because you know, from our point of view, right? You know, again, you, you mentioned about don't, don't want it to sound pompous, but surely he's he lucked out. Oh, oh yeah, you know, he's seventh choice of whatever. It's like so, he's he's in a, an amazing job. Surely for a manager who's come from Wolves, mad, mad. So you know, people talk about him being a, a gentleman and a nice guy and all that sort of thing, and. You know, when he first left Wolves, you and I definitely said, oh, imagine if we ended up with him, ha ha, and just kind of disregarded it. And then it happened. And then our sort of chats between each other changed from can't believe it to, oh, hang on, no, actually, and we talked ourselves around, <laughs> even though our first um, reaction to it was was the correct one. It just was a, a bad fit and it was I mean, just a bit he, of a He might be another Pochettino. <laughs> yeah, Oh, you know, actually, maybe this is the, he's the antithesis of Mourinho. He's actually a kind, you know, stepfather figure or something like that. Who's, who's coming, he actually looks after your mum rather than, you know, she can rely on him. He, he might not be your dad, but, you know, he, he's he's going to, he's going to be there for us. He'll, he'll, he'll pick us up from football training or whatever. He won't leave us standing in the rain like our actual dad does. But no, he just turned out to be a miserable old sod. <laughs> yeah, just got angry because she hadn't ironed his socks or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, he's just a less dynamic version of our old dad. It's uh, I don't know, but it, if we sort of go on to the United game, like we were saying, I mean, that moment, wasn't it? Like, and it was you that said it to me. Like at that moment when yeah, that, yeah. when he made that sub, you were just like, "Nah, he's done. Like he's done. Yeah, he's finished." Yeah. Well, I think it's it's interesting that um, you know I know I know football fans wherever they are can can be sort of ridiculous and um, knee jerk, but the fact that, that that reaction just from the crowd was everyone, you know, it, it's it's not like there was a subtext there really. I mean, okay, you know, we know he, he he wasn't very good at making subs, and now we know why because he was actually terrible at his his decisions. <laughs> but that that decision, you know, made no sense to even the kind of football fans who aren't necessarily interested in tactics and things like that right it's just everyone just around the ground was just like that oh, come off it and it was just one yeah it was just one of those watershed moments was just like yeah now he's cooked he's absolutely cooked and his reaction when afterwards blessed i say blessed you know he's still a human being made a quite ridiculous sub which you know is what it is and then it the booze rang out and he just like it's just he just like he looked like he was gonna burst into tears. He did, didn't he? But he, he really looked like he was gonna cry. It's horrible. But it's like it's so bizarre. <laughs> but it just also is like, well, why are you making like this is not what did you expect? But it's like, could you not come up with anything better? This wasn't like your mark your final roll of the dice, your master plan. You just made a daft change. <laughs> and then just so I was like, that nah, is done. And then as as we've said, like during watching the game. Football is supposed to be kind of exciting, isn't it? We we don't really, really want to care about transfer budgets or, you know, 
corporate sponsorship and all this sort of muck. We just want sort of the excitement that football can bring us. And at that moment, and it was solidified by when the fans started to boo Kane, that was just so exciting for me. <laughs> as much as it was horrible and it was just like chaos, it was just, I, I loved that sort of chaos. If, if it's not going to be great and we're not going to be smashing teams, then I want to see it, you know, the complete other end of the spectrum, just because that's way more exciting. And I felt weirdly energised, you know, from that 54th minute or whenever it was when he put bought on Bergwijn for Moura right to the end of the game. I was just like, this, I, I love this. Get this into my veins as much as it would kill me, you know. But it was just, it was just, it, you know, it, it's just just an aside, but it was just it was just so exciting seeing it all sort of like weirdly crumble and everyone going absolutely bonkers in the crowd. There is there is something about that though. There is something in that. Yeah. Where, like it's better than just existing, isn't it? You know, kind of. Yeah. Because yeah. I think for so much of the nineties, I guess when you and I were growing up, like the sort of nineties, noughties, the Spurs just really just existed for for, for mm. most of it, didn't they? They were just kind of treading water. And there was just no real highs, no real lows. I mean, we won a league, a couple of league cups in there, actually, to be fair. But barely ever in Europe, barely ever in a relegation fight. But, you know, that was it. And so, like you say, suddenly it's like, okay, well, you know, Pochettino's gone. So those kind of glory days are behind us now. And Mourinho hasn't worked out. And then, you know, you're kind of our you know, our post-David Pleat is now Ryan Mason, who still kind of <laughs> divides opinion. And now we've now we got Nuno and it's all just fallen to pieces. We've just built this massive stadium. Fans are all back in the ground. But do you, I mean, because I was thinking about this and there's a part of me that feels that like Nuno, <laughs> for many reasons, has kind of gotten the raw deal here because... To me, it almost feels like that reaction and everything, it wasn't even just like everybody angry at Nuno and the fact he was making a, a change. It's 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 kind of a, a you know, it's a, a head really, isn't it? It's the head of the yeah. boil of the past few years of poor decision-making, of pretty much watching the Pochettino era crumble and disappear and then everything that basically fans have had the past few years because we've all been sat inside watching this kind of dull football, nothing really happening at all. And finally, we are all back in the ground. And it's it, it's all just, it's all still dull. It's all still boring. And there's nothing to really latch onto at all. Yet, ticket prices keep rising. There's still a drive for us to all buy merchandise to support the club in that way. Basically, all the bells and whistles of a super club without much of the thought or planning or clear structure of a lot of the clubs that were once around us a few years ago that seemed to be disappearing off into into the distance and that all just kind of came to a head didn't it the, the, the fact that we'd sort of almost been gaslit into into accepting you know Nuno Spirito Santo and trying to make it seem like it was a good thing and trying to make it seem like it's all obviously Harry Kane's fault because he wanted to leave in summer that we haven't had a shot in target for over two hours of football now it, it, it just you know and it, like I say this isn't this isn't all Nuno's fault but this is this is a, a head isn't it this is this is what it has come to 
yeah definitely and you know it's it's it, it was just the, the the wider frustrations coming out and as you say it came to a head at that point um i still think you know as a football manager you should be good at your job and if you're not going to be good at your job you're going to get the sack so there you know let's not um victimize nuno too much he's a, he's, he's a football manager paid to do a job and he frankly was doing that job really quite badly so I mean that's the game that's that's them's the rules unfortunately but yeah you know as you say we, we've been sitting at home and then we've kind of made excuses you can keep making excuses oh well you know it's COVID look we're not there they're not getting the money for the stadium oh, yeah obviously things are going to be tight so you sort of like lower your expectations and then you let back in the stadium you can go you can see you can do it and then for them for your expectations to be not met even though you've lowered them as you said that was it and and it was that moment that was just like nah we've had enough of this voice our concerns and you know it's rare that people say this but credit to the club because they actually were just they, they they pulled the trigger that they, they weren't necessarily bothered about the um backlash that they might get from you know on the face of it a ridiculous decision to sack a manager after only four months um and then they bought in, you know, an, an actual top tier manager, you know. So, again, that doesn't excuse the mis mistakes, but it wasn't, it, it, it was a hands up mere culpa and they've rectified it. So, fair enough. And that's going to go a long way um, for the goodwill of the supporters because things were to sort of turn in there. All right. Again, it, it, it seemed like at the, at the ground, it was, it was really toxic and the kind of backlash that we were getting in the media, you know, certainly the, the kind of brand of Tottenham Hotspur, um, which is obviously a hugely important thing, not necessarily to us as fans, but to, to the owners who have invested in the brand um, for that to be damaged yeah sure right maybe it wasn't actually that hard a decision to to make a change and then stump up the cash and the promises to get a, a winner in but at the end of the day they did it and here we are so i guess on that then with with i mean fuck it like it's antonio conte like this is mm -hmm. probably what you know he's 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 in league with your Klopp and guardiola's right he is, yeah. He's a bit, a bit of a different beast, I think, because he, the way he operates, it seems to be a very sort of short term. I mean, I don't know uh, Chelsea if he had planned to stay for longer or whatever, but it seems like he does a few years, a couple of years, you know, reflected by the fact that we've only given him a contract to the end of next season. But you know, he's he's a proven match winner, and I think that we we've been crying out for someone. We thought Mourinho was going to be this guy, which is again, why a lot of, a lot of us sort of accepted that as a, as a good idea because it was going to clear the decks or, or unpick this horrendously pathetic DNA that we've got as a club where, you know, people talk about the Tottenham way being free flowing football, blah, blah, blah. But actually there's just this weird malaise that hangs over the club and has done for, for, for years, you know, talk about the players have got another manager sacked with Nuno it's like well it's not really the same set of players that was playing under Pochettino really yeah there's a, a few of the kind of senior ones are in there um, but it is quite a changed squad and therefore the dynamics of that squad have changed but it's still there's this weird sort of underachiever or low effort or poor mentality DNA that we have that 
brings me to think that Conte is the, well, hopefully the man to actually be able to kind of change that. And if it means by brute force and making some tough decisions, like off the top of my head, getting rid of Deli Alley or, or, you know, and Eric Dyer in these kind of faces that we've almost seen grow up in front of our eyes and, you know, wish them to kind of get the, to the top of their potential and just sort of cutting their lo- our losses with them and, you know, which would be good for them, sending them on to new pastures as, as well. I don't think it's a bad thing because, you know, if this doesn't work out, if, if we're still the same old Tottenham, even though we've got someone like Antonio Conte into... Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. To do things and and we give him the tools, you know, to do what he needs to do, and we and we still don't achieve anything, then God knows, God knows what 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 would need to change. I mean, probably the ownership, to be honest. But um, but yeah, he's 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 a massive he's, he's it's a massive coup to get him, and you can you can tell of other fans, certainly Manchester United fans. The way they've kind of reacted to it, it is a bit. Imagine if it was us. Imagine if we'd beaten Man United and then United got Conte in at the expense of Solskjaer. You know, we'd be kind of weirdly be furious. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you know. Yeah, which is a bad, bad state of affairs. But or, not one or of if we if we'd have done Arsenal a few weeks back and they ended up sacking Arteta oh. and bringing him in, you know. Yeah, yeah, terrible. Again, it's this this weird sliding doors moment where it was almost the the worst. You had to finish last in all, in order to get like a a, a boost. Um, that's not a metaphor, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there, there there are alternate universes where all both of those things have happened, and we're just in the universe where um, we've ended up with him, which. It's great. It's, it's fantastic, and yeah, perish the thought if it wasn't us. It's it's quite funny, isn't it? Because like you, you touch on there about the squad and kind of looping back to to Nuno's tenure. I mean, there's been a few articles that you know we have sort of touched on it very briefly that kind of spelled out quite how bizarre things were behind the scenes um, during his tenure. You know, him say talking with other members of staff in Portuguese in front of the players, which and I, I guess can be uh, construed in a, you know, dependent on what way people choose to look at it as being a very negative thing. You know, it could just be a guy who feels more comfortable speaking about complex things in his native tongue with somebody else that understands him before he conveys that to 
to the team. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I suppose given the players the benefit of the doubt, you can see why they might feel there's some sort of conspiratorial edge to it. Um, although I'd buy that less. I think the things that were more worrying were the idea of him having no kind of one-to-ones of players or having timed slots for one-to-ones and not really letting people into his office and not speaking to players in the wake of bad results on the day of the game. Because, yeah, that was odd, wasn't uh, it? You, you know, I just... It, I guess everyone's got their own approach. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a Premier League football manager, but neither's Nuno Espirito Santo anymore. So, you know, like, <laughs> well, you know, he yeah. you know, wants to say that it's, uh, you know, I've got a bad perspective on that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, what, what does seem to come out though, is it, like I said, Hugo Lloris, um, I think it was in Killy P's piece in the Evening Standard, that he, uh, that Larissa, it was something to the effect of that Larissa sort of tried to urge the players or something to give him a bit of time that he was, he could understand mm. what he was trying to do. And I often think Hugo, um, say, drink driving indiscretions notwithstanding, is usually a good yardstick yeah. for this sort of thing. And so the idea that, you know, him, sort of one of the senior players again is, sort of having is being essentially singled out gives me the idea that a lot of the players perhaps weren't being as cooperative as they could um and that doesn't reflect very well on them really i've got to say like you know for for all that we can say about nuno you know it's it's a, a large part of this group threw Pochettino under the bus in the last part of his tenure, you know? Yeah. They yeah. sort of, they very quickly, they bought into Mourinho at first and then they very quickly down tools on him. Um, it does seem now that Conte potentially, with backing as well, is going to be perhaps the final purge that we need. Um, and again, I don't, I don't really want to sort of single players out or anything like that. You know, there's a lot of... I've seen like one of the sort of big memes at the moment is imagine Ndombele training under Conte, but I sort of see Ndombele probably doing quite well under Conte. And I think Conte was chasing him all summer anyway when he was a Inter or the year before. Yeah. Um, but it will be interesting to see what characters um, and what players do just now disappear from the team. Because I think... He, the reason why I say I think he can be this purge and the reason why I think he potentially is this silver bullet to, like you say, the the essentially just the floundering of Tottenham Hotspur for the past few years is that after everything that's happened with Mourinho, after Pochettino's kind of... Pochettino giving us that taste of glory so close to it and it falling apart and us sort of having to pick up the pieces of that deal with the kind of still the shock of the Champions League final and the way that went. And then the sort of past few years of not only watching football behind closed doors, but watching that Mourinho team behind closed doors. Um, and then the sort of the mess of the managerial appointment in summer and then bringing in Espirito Santo is that now there is enough buzz. You can just, just look at Twitter, look at social media, you know, Spurs fans are already talking about potentially winning the league next year. And mm. there's suddenly that excitement again. And importantly, it seems to be that, you know, 
99% of everybody is bought into Conte now. So I don't think really many of his decisions are going to be questioned from this point. I don't think we're going to be seeing that if, again, I'm not going to single anyone out, but if X player isn't in the lineup for five, six games, I don't think we're going to have that same kind of conversation around, is Conte wrong? Is he right? Is he... Because ultimately, I think we've seen this squad now struggle for so long. And it doesn't mean instantly that they're a bad person or a terrible player, but it may just be now that they are not the right fit for what Tottenham are trying to achieve um, and especially what they're trying to achieve under Conte because you know you, you can imagine, essentially getting him in is a statement, right? It is a statement that we don't just want to tread water. We want to, we want to win the league. We want to be the team. We want to win the top things. We want to have football that is fitting of the stadium that we've built, of this brand that we've built over the past few years and I don't think there's any escape in that now and I, I guess that's probably why they've brought somebody like Conte in because they know that he's just got to do it he's just got to kind of be the person that is that the <laughs> you know the the tail end of the painful rebuild because I, th- I, th- I think we're you know Pochettino's it's 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 that term that's gonna stay with us forever right the painful rebuild but I think we've been living through it for the past couple of years wouldn't you say I think so, yeah. And, you know, we, we had quite a good uh, transfer window, I, I would say, certainly in, in relation to the, some of our previous ones. Um, but that was only sort of like maybe a third of the the, the puzzle. Um, it, just touching on what you said about the players, it is an interesting thing. And if you think about, you know, what we as have, have, fans have been sold about what Tottenham Hotspur is trying to and therefore hopefully going to be, you know, We'll knock down your stadium that you love. We'll move into Wembley that you hate, but we'll give you this stadium, you know, because we're going to make ourselves a big a big club and, and win things. That's what they've told the players as well. That's what they've told the players who are there and that have signed new contracts and the new players that have come in. For them to then be faced with a manager who, by all accounts and understandably, just on the, even on the face of it, is an uninspiring choice in Nuno. You know, again, this I don't want to give football players too much credit, but you can imagine that got everyone's backs up and sort of understandably to be, you know, sold the vision of this club. It's what we're feeling. We were sold this idea of what Tottenham can be. That's why our season ticket prices are the highest, you know, all these sorts of things. You know, why we have the NFL... Um, money coming in and and all that that added on to the the time it took to build the stadium we were told that it's all going to be worth it because it's we're going to be a big team and then they put someone in charge that is questioned and not you know not not necessarily really won anything as a player as a manager of course it wasn't going to work so you know I, I, I I'm sort of talking myself out of what you and I have talked about before in how the the players need to have a word of themselves, you know, and it is always a very strange thing where, you know, you look at what players are doing tactically on the pitch when they should be playing instinctively and they're not doing certain things and you think, oh, they're badly coached. It's like, well, but still, I mean, you can, you are a professional footballer who have, you know, been playing football since you were eight years old. You should kind of be able to figure this out yourself regardless in those small moments. Um, 
But, you know, as I said, if, if you've got a manager there that is, seems like it's gonna, it's not gonna reach the potential that you've signed up to, you know, in your, your career, your very short career, then you can imagine that that's not, not gonna make you perform very well. Again, it's probably a bit of a, um, unprofessional and childish reaction to it, but we're talking about professional football, so we kind of know that they're a bit of a different breed. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it, um, if they don't buck their ideas up for Conte, then off they pop, essentially. What, what's your sort of... Where's your head at now, mate? I mean, what is it? Is it back on? Are Tottenham back now? Is this kind of, you know... When we were peak Pochettino and you would go into a season thinking, we're in the conversation for a title race this year. Is this is this where you expect us to be again under Conte? Is that, have you got that little buzz back, that little taste for glory again, potentially? Yeah, definitely. Because I don't think that our, our squad is particularly bad man for man. So, you know, we, we don't have... A, a huge, um, you know, rebuild to do like we did maybe 18 months ago. You know, we've got rid of a lot of those players and kind of replaced them. Yeah, you know, some of those players are, are finding their feet in the league. But yeah, to be honest, I can't, again, it's going back to that point about Mourinho, that there's no, there's no reason why it can't work now. That's the thing. I mean, I'm sure there will be. And at, at this moment where before, you know, a Conte team has kicked a ball, even in sort of training, but at the moment, it feels like we're back on. And plus the fact, wonderfully, we've got such a good run over the next, what, couple of months with the next games we've coming up. I mean, Everton, probably the toughest game. And that's this. And weekend. they're shy at the moment as well, aren't they? I mean, narrator's yeah, voice yeah. and everything. But <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then after that, it's just it's like, you know, absolute grub team. So, have you, you know, the, can you, hopefully... Have you, have you got those fixtures to hand? Because like, I'm not actually sure what we have got on. I do. Hang on. Didn't I send them? Let's have a look. Uh, we've got uh, Tottenham. Hold on. <laughs> Can't, Dad. <laughs> oh, I put my glasses on. Oh no, that's last season. Hang on. Uh, we've got Everton, Leeds, Moura in the conference, Burnley away, Brentford at home, Norwich at home, Wren at home, Brighton away. Leicester away, then Liverpool at home. So up until middle of December, not a bad, not a bad run at all. I mean, we could be punching in and around the top four, right? After that, definitely, definitely, yeah. Do you know what'd be and, nice? You know, yeah, It'd yeah. be nice to be to have built up enough momentum to really kind of go into it with Liverpool again. By that point, that'll be yeah, it'll be another yeah. one of those Just yardstick games, wouldn't it? A proper confidence, confidence-boosting run, um, and we'll see. You know, it's it's still very early in the season, isn't it? Um, West Ham, everyone, everyone crying about how great West Ham are. I'm personally of the opinion that yeah, that they're playing good football at the moment, and they were last season. But let's see how they deal with the sort of um, dual priority of the league and the uh, Europa League, which, as we all know, is a and also just the continued spotlight and the increased expectation that comes with that, you know? Mm, mm. It's, it's all very well and good to always make fun of Spurs for bottling it, for all this sort of thing. And yeah, I know we say it ourselves, but at the same time, essentially, we're a mid-table team that's over a, a quite a, a relatively short amount of time suddenly thrust itself into being 
one of the sort of top four, should we say, big six now. Um, yeah, yeah. The insults being that, why aren't you there? It's like, well, you know, we've done, done a hell of a lot to even get into the conversation and now you're sort of beating us with that stick. It's it's almost a, uh, a compliment. Well, it's not, but, you know. Well, it's just it's bizarre, isn't it? Because it also kind of, it acts to almost sort of take away from how good the other teams are. You know, we've kind of been told, mm-hmm. like, we've fed this sort of idea that, oh, Spurs are shite because we're so many miles off of Chelsea City and the like. But then yeah. when we when we don't manage to just, you know, surprisingly effortlessly win a Premier League with all those teams in said league, we're also seen as, like, abject, which it's just it's very bizarre. It's the sort of thing we could go on about for quite some time, but it, it is this sort of thing that you just hope this appointment, this is the one that is maybe going to break that. And, it, you know, we might not win the Premier League, but... If we get close again, I mean, it's, I don't know why, no, let's, let's fucking, let's go for it. Let's fucking do it. Yeah, let's have it. Look, if you think about it, if United had got Conte in, then you just think, well, that's the top four shut for like, what, four seasons, four or five seasons or something, you know, you might be being a bit hyperbolic, but it's that'd be the case. You look at the top four teams in England, all have the top four, you know, great managers, great budgets, blah, blah, blah. It just meant no one would get anywhere near it so we're now in the conversation again um obviously we need to start doing it on the pitch and i mean i don't know how long conte's methods um would take to sort of bed in but you know these these aren't bad players these players can win most football matches without much involvement of um the coaching staff or the management you'd think certainly in this league so we'll see how we get on over the next six weeks or so we, I mean we want to be back in the Champions League don't we I mean that's what the oh, fans yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. want that but that's what the club want it probably arguably needs as well to be back in that Champions League yeah I mean again I don't it's, it's always just kind of um, assuming but I'd imagine the way that the club is set up that European football is necessary just because it adds so many more fixtures that you know home fixtures potentially and that just increases revenue Obviously, the Champions League is a is a cherry on top in that sense because it's it's just so much more money from TV and the football inside. But but yeah, um, we'll, we'll see. But again, the, the noise is coming out of the club at the minute about or, or, or the, the basic various transfer rumours, etc. It's um, Frank Kessie, isn't it? The good. latest one. Yeah, yeah. Like the, these these sorts of quality players. It's, and just the exact sort of things we need and we don't have to start you know kind of making not excuses for someone like Oliver Skip but you know actually a player is fully formed and ready to go you know I, I like Skip don't get me wrong but you know it's that sort of we're always fingers crossing a, a, a player that has a question mark over it might might, might come good um, that always seems to be where we are um, you know, we've still got a few of them in, in, in other areas. Regulon, for instance, you know, looks decent, but will he be able to sort of um, improve into the player we probably need him to be in that, that proper top draw player? But um, but yeah, at the moment, mate, it's all, it all seems good. So it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it does feel that, you know, I guess it's just been that jolt, perhaps, that. Enoch Levy have have needed the how badly Tottenham have kind of fallen away 
because I mean, you look at you look at the way like Chelsea, Liverpool, in particular, play at the moment, and you just think, Christ, how how were we sort of neck and neck with these teams a couple of years ago? Because they just look like they look mm. like they're in a different stratosphere to us nowadays. Can you imagine if we'd played Liverpool instead of United on, disgusting. on disgusting. Saturday? It's disgusting. Like. <laughs> Honestly, mate, I I wouldn't have been surprised if it was a six seven niller. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, big time. And and so I guess that maybe you know because I, I sort of tweeted something to the effect of that the club have almost almost kind of seen it as in like you know since we got the stadium, since we've got kind of like the Nike kit deal, we've got the kind of the brand. I guess imprinted in the psyches of people around the world now mm. that that's it that's it that's mission accomplished you know but this sort of stuff it requires constant maintenance you have to keep on going and going and going you cannot you cannot take your foot off for a second you can't because we we're seeing already like as soon as we've done that like you're saying you've got West Ham breathing down our necks we've got Arsenal breathing down our necks again you've got you know Everton who are perhaps going to get it right at some point, you know, maybe at some point, because they're putting enough money into it. Leicester are up there now. You're going to have Newcastle coming up there at some point. Villa mm-hmm. have got a very rich owner. They keep investing. You know, you just, you can't stand still in the Premier League. It doesn't matter if we built this big ground and it doesn't matter if we had a run to the Champions League final a couple of years ago and Harry Kane scored, uh, you know, Christ knows how many goals and is breaking all these records. This doesn't matter. It, it, what is, what's gone is gone. You know, you have to keep on building. You have to keep kind of pushing on. And equally, that doesn't just constantly mean living with this kind of picture of the future that we've kind of, you know, we've kind of been like, sort of like, <laughs> you know, running on a treadmill all the time, looking at, you know, having a picture at the end of your treadmill of a bloke with a kind of six pack or whatever on it. Do you know what I mean? Like thinking we're going to get there sooner or later. We're going to get there. That's going to be me. That's going to be me. And like, you know, we're always kind of living with that promise of better times around the corner, but it seems to be now finally that this isn't a case of like, by like you're saying, it's not a case of like buy into this guy, even somebody like Potter, who I, I would have been, I would have been chuffed if we got Potter, but even still, there's an element of risk to that. There's an element of maybe it won't work out. Maybe the players won't buy into this. Are we going to back Graham Potter really, though? With Antonio Conte, those questions, they've gone. You know, it's, mm. it's, it's all out the window. It's, it's we've signed one of the greatest managers, you know, in Europe today. Um, at the peak of his powers... He's like you say. He's got a good squad. I don't completely buy that this squad is completely trash. And you'd imagine there's that guarantee of extra money to spend. We're already seeing the rumor mill going into overdrive. Dusan Vlahovic, of Frank Kessie, um, of whatever his name is, Thingami Devry from Inter mm. Milan. Like it's here now. This is it. We've built the stadium. We've built the brand. We've been patient. The fans have supported the club. They've begrudgingly taken on the kind of summers without transfers. But this is it now. It's time to act. And to their credit for all the kind of stick that Levy and Enoch and everyone have rightfully gotten in places, 
it seems to be that they've they're finally they are listening and I, I don't think at this point in time we can really kind of say that they don't listen or that they don't care about the football and they only care about NFL and they only care about Lady Gaga concerts because this is a statement and I, the statement is that Tottenham are serious and they they want to win stuff and they're sick of being laughed at probably you know <laughs> yeah. ultimately yeah 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 and, and and that's it as you say it's um say say what you want about the owners and you know we again we in the announcement um statement you know they, they they kind of alluded to the fact that um and it seemed like daniel levy had written this bit himself even though it was a quote from conte where you know conte said it wasn't the right time i was too close to inter but you know daniel levy's yeah. <laughs> enthusiasm for the project and i was like come on who's written that it, it was madness. a bit just tweet something like wasn't it yeah 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 exactly it did, it did feel like that but so the point is i think that financially i think the summer is a is is massively different to now or was massively different to now i think they kind of know a bit more about what they can bank on in terms of full stadiums etc etc so are probably now in a position to actually be a bit more relaxed about it where in the summer maybe that just wasn't the case and we know that levy's always quite um careful um in terms of his business decisions you know he doesn't doesn't uh seem to make rash decisions well depends but um so so yeah so again i don't want to give them i'll give them the benefit of the doubt but I'm not going to let Enoch off the hook completely. I'm, I'm not not a huge Enoch out person or anything like that, but you kind of see what, what why people are upset. But you know that they're upset about Levy not backing the or Enoch not backing the team, and we just got one of the best managers in the world, and we're going to sign him loads of players by the look of it. So those criticisms are going to have to be shelved for a bit. Be nice if uh, Harry Kane will turn up to the party now as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, also, it will be quite annoying, you know, <laughs> because I hate that when you see like a team who, you know, it was, this was true of, of of Man United with with Mourinho when you know all these players just stopped playing and they looked terrible. Mourinho was sacked, and then Solskjaer came in, and then suddenly they all look like world beaters. That I just find is is really annoying. Um, but you know, as soon as he bangs in a, his second goal of the game, I'm, I'll forget all about it. But but Score, yeah, scores I mean, a winner you know, against Harry. Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. S- scores a winner um, against Liverpool and don't know, <laughs> kicks Mo Salah up the ass. T- to be honest, the shot on target. Uh, let, let's start <laughs> with that. That's where I we we at Tottenham Hotspur have set our sights so very high. Yeah. That even a shot on target will carry with it an echo of oh. glory. Well, we're going on Thursday, aren't we? So that hopefully, if they do have a shot on target, that oh, the atmosphere is going to be cracking, mate. I'm going to celebrate. Are you going to be you be wrapped up in a in an Italian flag wearing a <laughs> Mario costume? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you a Luigi one. Yeah, exactly. Might have to swap around actually, mate. I'll probably be more fitting, more canon. But uh, right, thanks, uh, thanks for giving us your time today, Phil. Uh, you know, it's 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 good. It's good to have a chat about Tottenham when things aren't all miserable. But also at the same time, it, it has been quite fun <laughs> reveling yeah, in the yeah, chaos. Yeah. And it's not over yet. Who knows? Maybe the, maybe the chaos will continue. Maybe you know, would it be unlike Tottenham Hotspur to sign one of the best managers? 
on the planet at the moment <laughs> for us to continue <laughs> yeah. to not have shots on target and to end up yeah. in the bottom half of the table? No, it wouldn't. So watch this space. Um, yeah, if you like the pod, leave us a review or whatever and share it and say nice things because otherwise I'll cry. This is all I have left. Thank you very much. <laughs> Grab on you, Spurs. <laughs> Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 